This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Some sad news. Rest in peace. Delicio Pizza. This came out of nowhere. But uh, Nestle is saying they are wrapping up Delicio. They're no longer going to produce the pizza, Jim. Yeah, they're shutting down their entire frozen food section, it appears. So Delicio, Lean Cuisine, um, all gone now. Uh, And it doesn't appear like they're replacing it with anything. They're just shutting them down and facilitating the exit with all the retail companies. Um, So Stouffer's, Lean Cuisine, Life Cuisine, Delicio, no longer will be sold in the freezer aisle or until supplies last, I guess. Um, so I guess it will be delivery from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Is this delivery? Yeah. 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 There's no more delicio. Now all these, uh, pizzas are actually made in the States, like, uh, and then shipped to Canada. So there will be no Canadian jobs lost, but they're actually, they're not going to make them anymore. They're not just changing the name of what is DiGiorno. Is that the same as Delicio? DiGiorno is the brand in this because they has the same slogan. It's it's not delivery. It's it's DiGiorno. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. Is the American version of Delicio yes. in Canada? Mm-hmm. Uh, the company says it's. Gonna- I, I was counting on you to know that, Mister Frozen Pizza <laughs> Connoisseur. I actually don't eat that many frozen pizzas these days, uh, or like I never have like a lean cuisine. I know the name; these are recognizable brand names for sure. You see them all the time, or right. in your friends' freezers, but. I'm surprised. I, I feel like that would be just a license to print money. The frozen pizza game, like it's not that complex, especially mm-hmm. over COVID. People are eating at home more than ever and trying to save money. Like you think now would be the time to sell more frozen pizzas. Oh, we've got to have frozen pizzas uh, stocked at all time with our kids, man. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll flip out. What do you want? I want pizza. Okay, fine. And they're so easy because they're thin. You can shove them in the freezer. I've shared this tip before. Get the little like personal frozen pizzas and you can throw those things in the air fryer and they're done in no time oh because you can get like a box of six those ones yeah like yeah. the mini personal ones uh-huh. the ones that'll fit in that little uh, air fryer tray and and uh, like six minutes or something kids are eating pizza yeah oh, so, so it says they're gonna support uh, or they're gonna focus on coffee ice cream premium water and pet food okay hmm. Premium water, by the way. It's just water. You're not fooling anybody, Nestle. Time to stock up, I guess, uh, on Delicio pizzas and uh, open a store on Etsy or eBay. Oh, and then you start delivering Delicios? Would the universe implode in on itself? I can't wrap my mind around (laughs) that. Is this delivery? Uh, Kind of, but it's also Delicio. What? How can it be both? Will you love them or will you leave them? Will you choose the ring or choose freedom? Take a hockey game or will you keep them? Either way, one thing is free. Will you love them or will you leave them? Repose now, we're never gonna see them. You'll never get down dirty under the sheets, but you and some buddies get four golden seats. Hey, it's up to you. Yeah, the ultimatum is coming for one of our listeners. They don't even know it yet (laughs) because we've been asking uh, people who are in relationships and they're wondering why they haven't been proposed to yet to enter online, and they've been doing it. Next week, we're going to be featuring their stories on the air, and then Valentine's Day, we're going to call one person 
and say, what's your problem? <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Why have you not proposed yet? Um, and we're going to say, love them. Take the, uh, the J.B. Simpson jeweler's engagement ring, valued at up to $5,000, or leave them. Break up. Let your partner move on and find someone who does want to commit. But take four gold seats for a Toronto hockey game and head down with your buddies to enjoy yourself. Value priceless. <laughs> and we've got our friends from J.B. Simpson here with us. How are you, Joel? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Jason, how are you? Doing fantastic. Surviving the weather. So I, I'm, I'm just counting that we've got two J's here and no B. <laughs> J.B. Simpson, tell us the, the, the backstory of uh, the business here, guys. Well, that's uh, J.B. stands for James Burton Simpson. That was our father who started the business 50 years ago. And uh, we, both my brother and I, ended up, uh, well, I'm a J.M. and Jace is a J.J., so <laughs> this is this is it. <laughs> you want to start that family fight, yeah. So, so this, this is the family business. You guys are, are experts in the field, then. You've been around this your whole life. That's correct, yeah. Um, what are uh, guys, when they come in, what are they asking you about designing or buying an engagement ring? You know, a lot of the guys have a pretty good idea what they want. It's like Pinterest and things like that. The The ladies got it all spelled out. Yeah. I'll be honest, I got a couple screenshots sent to me when I we were talking about uh, getting engaged, so I didn't have to do much thinking. Just be aware that hints may be left. <laughs> Pick up on the hints. Yeah. That's Crystal common. clear hints. Yeah, a screenshot. <laughs> Just a little hint yeah. of a ring. <laughs> so uh, valued up to $5,000, this engagement ring, and, and the winner is going to have the opportunity. They're going to have to propose on the spot if if they decide to go with Love Them. Uh, but obviously the ring will come at a later date, and they're going to have a chance to work with you guys to figure out what ring is perfect for them, correct? Absolutely. So what uh, what what will five thousand dollars get you? Five thousand will get you a nice nice engagement ring. Uh, we uh, like the most common rings still are just your solitaires, you know. Uh, One diamond. Yep. Yeah. White gold, four claw, ovals. They're pretty popular right at the moment. An yeah. oval shaped diamond. That's right. Yeah. Now what about now? Here's one. I don't know if they're engagement rings, but like men's wedding rings. What's going on in that world too? That's something. I, that's a bridge I have to cross. Where do they get up there too? Because <laughs> I think I'm paying for my own. They can. They yeah. Can. Yeah. Depending on what you're doing with like the... a diamond eternity band, Jim. That'd be a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. I was thinking about one of those rubber ones, but maybe. Yeah, a rubber well, that'll one. cost you. Uh, <laughs> Happy meal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jim, if you really want to show your commitment, I say you get the tattooed wedding ring. <laughs> That's you, a thing? If you it truly is. love it Sarah, is. you would get her name tattooed around your ring finger. Huh. <laughs> Just in case you lose the band. Yeah. And a photorealistic picture of her on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, Jim. A lot of, uh, a lot of guys go with alternative metals. So like titanium, tungsten. I've heard, yeah. Thing, so. Okay. Have you Pretty ever expensive. had a guy come in and spend more on his wedding band than the wife's engagement ring? That's a good question. I wouldn't say <laughs> that's happened very often at all. Maybe, um, maybe I once. Can't. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You could be the first, Jim. I, I'll try. 
<laughs> well, you got to get your, you know, you're, you've spent a lot of money on this. Maybe it's time for Sarah to spend, drop a little cash. Here. Yes, please. I wasn't going to say it, but thankfully, she's you know, like, hopefully she's listening right now. <laughs> well, this is exciting, guys. Thank you so much for, for making this possible um, and stepping up to the plate because it's an incredible prize. Not only, you know, the $5,000 ring is, is huge, but what it represents is even bigger for somebody. And, yeah. you know, maybe we're going to have uh, a really cool moment on Valentine's Day here, thanks to J.B. Simpson it's Jewelers. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be neat. Those leaf tickets heard to come by, too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let, let's ask yeah. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Off the record. Off the record, what would you be taking? <laughs> <laughs> it's tempting. Uh, they got, pl- they got rings everywhere. What do they yeah. need more rings for? Thank you, uh, Jason and Joel from J.B. Simpson. If people are looking for you guys, maybe they're thinking about popping the question uh, over the next year, where do they find you? They can find us online, uh, jbsimpsonjewelers.com, and uh, you can book an appointment. We're strictly by appointment, which is kind of nice. Just I like the, it. The whole custom aspect. So with the prize, we'll make exactly what they want. So the sky's the limit. Amazing. Love them or leave them. Can't wait to start sharing stories with you and talking to some of our, uh, our, entry, uh, our entry people. <laughs> Contestants. Yeah, I've yeah. seen a few previews. I've seen like one or two, and there is definitely yeah, what we're looking for here. And there's a, there's some people who are waiting for a ring from a diehard Leaf fan. And the ironic part is the diehard Leaf fans have been waiting for a ring their entire life, and I don't know <laughs> if they're ever going to get it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I want to see you peacock, peacock, Here we go. It's sports time with Devin Peacock, our sports guy. The Raptors, they get no respect, I tell you. <laughs> they aren't getting any respect. In particular, Pascal Siakam, they have announced the uh, subs for the upcoming All-Star game, and Pascal Siakam is not on the list. He is the first person in NBA history to average 25 points a game, eight rebounds a game, and six assists a game, and not make... The All-Star Game. It's it's incredible. Actually. Why? Why is he not in there? Well, uh, the seven reserves who were chosen ahead of him all come from teams higher than the Raptors in the standings. So I would have to say it has to be a factor of the Raptors just underperforming this season. But even so, I mean... Siakam is on the fast track to being an all-NBA player this year, a first, second, or third team. For that to be the case and not be in the All-Star game is ridiculous. The NBA hates Canada, guys. Is it a thing where, now nah, I, I, I do believe we're kind of overlooked, but is it like, is there a situation where inevitably a player is going to have stats like that, but there will be other players who are technically more of all-stars are better players. Like, I'm not going to take anything away from Siakam. He's amazing. But yeah. there's no Raptor on the any, on the All-Star game this year, right? Is everyone else just that good? If I look at the list of players ahead of him, like Drew Holiday is ahead of him on this list, uh, Julius Randle, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Are you telling me Tyrese Halliburton <laughs> is having a better season? At least Tyrese Halliburton does sound Canadian. I was going to say, he sounds more Canadian than Siakam. <laughs> I think part of the issue for this as well is uh, they go by positions, right? So the Raptors play somewhat positionless basketball. What the NBA, when they look at this, is, is in particular for even for the all-NBA uh, squads, they go center, they go forward, they go guard. Siakam can play everything, 
And that might hurt them because when you look at some of the other forwards ahead of them, they're having great seasons. And so it's it's just the first time this has ever happened where someone's having the season he is having and they didn't make it. It's not that no Raptor has made the team. like That happens from time to time across the league. You know, there'll be a team that doesn't have a player there. But for a guy like Siakam, who signed a uh, contract, a big contract a couple of years ago to continue to progress the way he has and not make it is a travesty. I think the the NBA is missing it too because he is a charismatic, fun guy. When he's got the camera on him, he's a bona fide star. It, like They should put him on a pedestal because he could be like a, a superstar if they want him to be. Absolutely. You know, he he's he, to your point, he's like, he's always smiling. Mm-hmm. He's a fun guy. He's got some good fashion sense whenever they do like the walk-in and sure. everything and stuff. So he's good. I mean, I don't want to pick on Tyrese Halliburton, but <laughs> I'm going to pick on Tyrese Halliburton here, guys. <laughs> you don't like his fashion sense? I don't like his fashion sense. In fact, <laughs> I hate just wearing it. camo and fishing gear. That's what <laughs> I picture. There is a Canadian connection for the NBA All-Star Game, though. Yes, uh, this is a very good uh, story. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who was uh, born and raised in Hamilton, has made the team. He deserves to be there as well. He's the engine that runs the Oklahoma City Thunder. So for Raptors fans missing out on Siakam, your CanCon comes in the form of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Hammer represent. Thanks, Dev. The Taz and Jim Podcast. We got Valentine's Day just around the corner. You know, this is the uh, the time of year where love is in the air in the thunder of the sea. Or is it? <laughs> because there are some uh, schools that are now canceling Valentine's Day, Jim. Specifically one in Kitchener, Ontario, Gene Steckel Public School. They sent a note home last Friday that said that uh, Valentine's Day is canceled because it is not celebrated by all families in our community. The full statement is, while we acknowledge the celebration of Valentine's and are mindful of the popularity of that day, it is not celebrated by all students slash families in our communities, and it is essential that all students feel welcomed and reflected at school and that our celebrations do not negatively impact families and students. Can I uh, get a copy of that note to show my wife? (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, honey. honey. Valentine's Day was canceled. I was gonna take you out for dinner and buy you flowers, but but that would be uninclusive. <laughs> uh, we posted the story on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. Some listener comments. Derek says, "Interesting. You have grown adults whose sense of accomplishment in this world is trying to make everyone feel included by making sure all the kids have as little fun as possible." Tanya says, okay, fine, but there is so little joy and fun in schools. Maybe we can just replace it with a new holiday or something. Staying away from religious themes, maybe International Cake Day, maybe celebrate Pets and Other Animals Day or Bird Day. However, pets are some people don't like pets. Some cultures don't like dogs. Some people don't think you should yeah. have pets at all. And Valentine's Day is not a religious holiday. No, no. no. It was made up by the, the card companies. Is it so. a Hallmark holiday? But is St. Valentine, is that a thing? Uh, yeah, I don't I know. So I think maybe that's where they got the name. I'm not sure. St. Valentine. Yeah, he sounds religious. <laughs> uh, Les says, whoa, why don't you just cancel everything then to satisfy everyone? We all have nothing left. I feel bad for kids these days. So glad I grew up in the 70s and 80s. Way more fun. Here's an interesting perspective. David says, I'm on the fence here. I was never popular with the girls back in elementary school and forced participation in a Valentine's Day was unpleasant for me. I would have been happier having not been forced to take part 
On the other hand, my lack of desire to participate shouldn't automatically mean no one else is allowed. So forced participation should end, but maybe voluntary participation should be permitted. So mm. ban it outright, but if the kids want to bring in treats or something to give to their friends, then you can do it. I miss Valentine's Day the way it was when I was a kid because, yeah, like now the schools that do celebrate it, if you're going to give one person a Valentine, you have to give everyone a Valentine so no one feels left out. But back in my day... You would give a valentine to the pr- people you liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You so would you, choo-choo-choose somebody. You got it. So you'd have your little, your little paper bag with the cardboard hearts that you made during craft time on your desk. And you may not get many valentines in there. But, you know, after years of rejection, when that girl who you had a crush on finally put a valentine in your paper bag, mm-hmm. it was a big deal. And then she was like, oops, I meant that for Alex's bag. And you're crushed again. <laughs> the Taz and Jim Podcast. Yesterday, we were in Port Stanley, Ontario. It's the home of Groundhog Day in the Taz and Jim listening area. I know Wyerton, they really like to position themselves as the go-to spot on Groundhog Day. But I don't know. Have you ever been to Port Stanley? It's really nice. Pretty should, sweet. should check it out. We were fortunate to have one of the best in the biz, Mike Stubbs, who is the voice of the London Knights, doing the play-by-play as Tula the Great Dane, who was playing the role of Groundhog, came out of her den. Here's how it went down. It is partly sunny, but it's also, Taz and Jim, partly cloudy. So Mm. this is really a (laughs) 50-50 shot. And the committee is saying that it will be an early spring in Port Stanley! Everyone very excited. Early spring. Wyerton Willie, if you're curious, did say the same thing as well. Now, what did the groundhog in Quebec say? We'll never know <laughs> because he's dead. Oh, boy. He's dead. We were getting text messages and emails leading up to Groundhog Day, and this happens every year. Guys, this is a sham. You guys are in Port Stanley. You're not even using a real groundhog. Well, we don't believe in caging a groundhog Mm year-round just for the sake of exploiting it one day. And I think this story proves that we're right in that decision-making process. Yeah, well, this is in Quebec. Uh, I can't even pronounce this town, but there's a a groundhog there named... Are you going to try? Okay, Val d'Espoir? Sure. I don't know. Uh, About the spot. They got a, uh, they got a, uh, fra- a groundhog down there named Fred La Marmot. Uh, and he does their, their predictions every spring now. Fred La Marmot. At Val d'Espoir, Quebec, there was 40 minutes of festivities, dancing, music, everybody's getting hyped. It's almost time for Fred to come out of his hole and see, is it going to be an early spring or six more weeks of winter? Well, the uh, organizer comes out with his big fur hat on and he says, hey, everybody. Uh, you want to find out when the spring's coming? Well, you're going to have to wait because Fred died this morning about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> we looked in his cage and he's not moving. This is not the first time a groundhog has died right before he was supposed to predict the weather. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of anxiety going around, a lot of pr- a stress on these little guys. Too much pressure you're putting yeah. on the groundhog. Well, because the guy actually came out, I don't know if it was the mayor or who, but he said, in life, the only thing that's certain is that nothing is certain. And well, this year it's true. It's true and it's unfortunate. I announce to you the death of Fred. Now, 
I never condone lying or misleading the public, Taz. But in this moment, wouldn't you just come out and say... Fred has a cold. No, no, no. Say, hey, yeah, sure, Fred's sleepy. Or just say, hey, it's going to be an early spring. Yeah. Just move on. Or do like a weekend at Bernie's with the groundhog, where yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you move his little, you know, sure, you almost use him as a puppet. Line, yeah. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, look at Fred. Oh, he sees the oh. shadow. Well, back in the den you go, Fred. Yeah. Now, kids, continue laughing and playing, like, because there's children there. It's for the children. Did they fingerprint? The groundhog and make sure that he didn't find his doppelganger on social media and then fake his own death. The great groundhog escape. (laughs) Fred, you devil. So what did they do? I mean, now they have no groundhog. It's groundhog day. Everybody's gathered around. How do you determine whether or not it'll be an early spring? Judging by the picture, instead of holding up Fred, they held up a kid in a groundhog hat to... uh, to see whether or not they're going to have an early spring in Quebec. I'd be nervous if I was that kid. Yeah, he's a cursier. <laughs> the curse of Fred. The Taz and Jim Podcast. This is about a family in Germany, Taz. And, you know, I think every family's worst nightmare, especially every parent's worst nightmare, is getting a call from the police and saying, we found your child's body. You know, so these these two parents, they get this call. They say, we found your your daughter's body, 23-year-old daughter. Uh, She's dead in the back of her own car. So they go, they look at the the body and they say, yeah, that that is our daughter. And then the um, the autopsy happens as per standard, you know, issue. And they realize, wait a second, the DNA is different. Actually, the fingerprints are different. This isn't your daughter. It was your daughter's car. It looks just like And this looks exactly like your daughter. But this isn't your daughter. So much so that the parents identified the body. Yes. Said, yes, that is our daughter. So everybody's confused now, and they start the cops start looking into it. Now, what they realize is because the daughter had been missing for a few weeks. She got in a fight with her parents. She went, ran away. They couldn't find her. She, they, they assumed the worst, and when they got the news that she was dead, they thought, this is our worst nightmare. Actually, it gets worse for the family because uh, they track her. They start trying to track her down. So they look at her social media accounts because they can just break in there basically if you're missing and uh, and look at all your messages. And they see the daughter has been active on social media, sending messages to women who look very similar to her, trying to meet up with them under false pretenses. So they start putting two and two together, and they realize, Taz, this woman went hunting for a doppelganger of herself, an exact lookalike, so she could murder her and fake her own death. The cops eventually found this 23-year-old missing woman with a random dude she met online from Kosovo. They worked together to find a lady that had looked exactly like her. And in fact, wow. the police had got reports that there was a, a you know, a good-looking, beautiful woman circling the blocks in certain neighborhoods acting suspicious. So they had gotten reports of this woman and the car. And, um, yeah, ex- that's exactly they what she was doing. Put the pieces doing. together. She was trying to find a doppelganger, not knowing about DNA and fingerprints, apparently. This is, this is a twist ending from a mystery movie. Totally. Like, imagine that movie. Like, you're the, the non-murdering person, the girl. You're the victim. And you see somebody, you see yourself following you around. You're like, what am I, what's, I must be hallucinating. What's happening here? You'd think for a second that it was you from the future who had traveled oh. back in time and maybe that's the story she, she, she gave the, the victim. She said, hey, I'm you from the future. Uh, I would buy it immediately. I, I, I need to talk to you about something. I'd be so excited. It's your kids. <laughs> we have to do something about your kids.
<laughs> but luckily, they arrested her and and the guy. And you know what? If they would have taken a few extra steps, you know, if they would have burnt that car or dumped it in a lake, the the fingerprints and DNA evidence is then messed up, and they wouldn't be able to prove anything. So, like, they almost almost got away with it. Almost. And if they didn't use social media, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a pretty if good they didn't paper leave, trail. If they didn't leave uh, some substantially large breadcrumbs but for would the police they have to even, follow. Would they have even looked in this? Well, they probably would have because it was a super suspicious death. But, I mean, I, like just, those parents, what a roller coaster. Yeah. and Well, how about the family of the doppelganger who did nothing oh, but look like a random stranger online? Completely insane. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. So if you get a friend request from someone who even remotely looks like you. Wow. Decline. Dude, if Ellen DeGeneres starts popping around the corner from me, (laughs) I know she's after me looking for a body. If Ellen DeGeneres (laughs) wants to fake her own death, Jim Kelly is at the top of the list for doppelgangers. (laughs) This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. If you're looking for something to do this weekend, 80 for Brady is in theaters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I got a message from uh, Richard, the guy who hosts the uh, Golden Girls podcast. Oh yeah, we've had him on the uh, on the show before uh, when Betty White passed, and uh, just whenever there's Golden Girls news <laughs> to share with everybody, uh, he wants to know if anyone wants. <laughs> Wants to go see 80 for Brady with him. Yeah. Because if you haven't seen the trailer, the plot of the movie is like four old ladies who are in love with Tom Brady go on a road trip to see him at the Super Bowl and shenanigans ensue. Hmm. So he thinks this is the closest thing to the Golden Girls he's going to get. Yeah. Well, it's Jane Fonda, Sally Field, Rita Marino, who I'm not familiar with, Lily Tomlin. Now, I do like the show Grace and Frankie or Frankie and Grace. Yeah, and and you've Fonda got you've got bo- those two. And Tomlin are in that. You got both Frankie and Grace going <laughs> to see Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it would be funny to go with him and, and just watch him. Get oh so yeah, excited. he's on the edge of his seat. <laughs> what a niche. He loves comedy with old ladies. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Another movie that's in theaters this weekend, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, what's this one? It's called Knock at the Cabin, and it stars uh, Dave Bautista. Hmm. There's a, a, a family who is having a little retreat up at a cabin when some strangers knock on the door and give them... A terrible decision to make. The four of us are here to prevent the apocalypse. Your family has been chosen to make a horrible decision. If you fail to choose, the world will end. So the decision is one of them has to die. That's like an old biblical story when God says that one guy has to kill his son. You've got to die. One of one of the family members has to die, or hundreds of thousands of people are going to die like every 10 minutes you don't make the decision. Hmm. Easy choice in our family. <laughs> got a lot of dead wood lying around, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I am pretty nervous that I would be the one. <laughs> Well, as the dad, I think it's you have to take yeah. one for the team. I think that's 
the move there. Uh-huh. I'm talking like my sisters, my mom. Like if it was the whole, oh, even if we had cousins, <laughs> yeah. like I think out of everybody, jeez, uh, yeah, I'd be the most expendable. Cousin Taz, <laughs> I get some peace and quiet around here. Jeez, yeah, I think he's got a pretty good life insurance policy. I know M Night Shyamalan gets crapped on for like maybe being a bit of a hit and miss, but almost every movie he's made, I, I've enjoyed, including The Village. Right. You know, I know people didn't like that twist. I thought it was awesome. He keeps trying. Yeah, he's, he's giving, a shot, he, giving it a shot every time. He keeps trying. Knock at the Cabin is the name of that film if you want to check it out. And just a fun discussion to have around the dinner table tonight. <laughs> if we did have to sacrifice one of you to stop the apocalypse, who would it be? Timmy, what are you bringing to the table? <laughs> This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Devin Peacock is our sports guy here on the Taz and Jim Show. And he's got some football tidbits before Super Bowl week. Lots of little uh, fun stories in the football world these days. I mean, one of the stories that I think people might already be sick of is the Kelsey brothers. Oh, the Kelsey Bowl? <laughs> you, are you talking about the Kelsey Bowl? Wait, wait, wait. It's not the two Super Bowl. Two brothers are playing in the Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, you guys First time heard? ever. First time ever two brothers have played against each other in the Super Bowl, Jim. <laughs> there, Eat your heart out, Mannings. <laughs> there is a, uh, a petition on right now. Over 17,000 people have signed this that want their mother to uh, do the coin toss. Mrs. Kelsey. Mrs. Mrs. Kelsey. Isn't it always a ref there because there's so much on the line and like people no. are betting on it? It's not? No, they'll they'll have guest coin flippers at the they Super Bowl. They can have ceremonial uh, guest... Uh, yeah, it wasn't an old lady or something last year? I mean, they've oh, wait, had, were, I think it was Martin Luther King's daughter that did it a few years ago. That's I mean, one, yeah. One, I, one. I mean, they've, what they've had... She like, looked you know, young the, to me, Taz. No, that wasn't <laughs> that. It was I'm some kidding. other old lady. They had an old lady or a, like a military vet, I think, has flipped it before. I mean, they've had, you know, the, the Super Bowl 50. They brought out, you know, 50, you know, MVPs and, you know... Flipped coins and stuff, so... It's pretty tough to rig a coin flip, unless you just totally pancake it in the air and it doesn't rotate. Yeah, yeah, totally. Or it hits somebody else and it's disqualified. I don't know. Both brothers have won a Super Bowl, so it's not as though if she were to do this... And based on seeing some of her comments, because she was was interviewed by Today, like the Today Show, doesn't seem like she really wants to do it. I think she just wants to chill and just watch the game. Well, it's... She's already won in life. You're putting yourself in a position where one of your sons may end up hating you, right? <laughs> Imagine. You, you flip the coin and the wrong brother loses and whatever. He holds a grudge. Mom, if you had only flipped the coin better, we would have won the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, Travis is rubbing in my face. He was always your favorite. <laughs> they, we're, we're focusing on the coin toss, but what really might have already decided who's going to win and lose is the jerseys because uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be the home team for this game. As the home team, they get to choose, do they wear their uh, dark jersey or their light jerseys, so they're going with their green jerseys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City is going to be wearing their white jerseys, and there is a stat in the of the last eighteen Super Bowls, the team wearing the white jersey has won fifteen times. Wow! So if you're uh, if you're in the betting world, uh, the the jersey color uh, out, having, out of uh, how many? Fifteen out of fifteen of the last eighteen times. Yeah, wow! So KC is wearing the white jersey. KC is wearing the white jerseys. Man. Now when KC won their. Uh, uh, Super Bowl a couple years ago, they were wearing their red jerseys. They weren't wearing mm. their white jerseys. The last time they wore their white jerseys in the Super Bowl years and years ago, 
They lost. What happened the last time the Eagles wore their white jerseys? They have never worn their white jerseys. They've only Ooh. only worn green jerseys. Hmm. What is uh, Mrs. Kelsey going to be wearing? Obviously uh, a split jersey, but she, will she wear a white jersey with another white jersey, two white jerseys, or a green jersey and a red jersey, or a white jersey and a red jersey, or a green jersey and a white jersey? <laughs> she should just, a lot of decisions, you know? She should wear just like a Buffalo Bills jersey, just no. throw everyone for a loop. It's a big decision. I think she should flip a coin. <laughs> well, if she has the coin and she does a split jersey, she's basically two-faced from Batman, so yeah, that'd be a good look. Right. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. How many idiots have to do something on TikTok before it's considered a trend? Because this can't be. Like, hordes of people are not taking the TikTok tranquilizer challenge, are they? Okay. So, uh, 15 students in Mexico had to be hospitalized this week after taking part in an internet challenge where everyone takes tranquilizers and the last one to fall asleep wins. What? Like, do they have a? They know a farm vet or something? Where do you get tranquilizers? They say this is not an an isolated incident. Authorities in Mexico have issued a national alert. (laughs) Watch out for kids filming themselves taking tranquilizers and then trying not to fall asleep. You don't have to go that extreme. Just do the same thing. Film all your friends, but just do it after a Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody eats turkey. The turkey challenge. The turkey yeah, challenge. The trip turkey to Finn. tranquilizer challenge. The trip to Finn challenge. Yeah. That's the safe way to do it. Sure. Have a yummy club sandwich. <laughs> and then put on like a, a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> and all your friends start nodding up. <laughs> Undo your belt. Sure. That's the safe way to do it, kids.